For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, or you can find us on Dash Radio every weekday, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. That's the Nothing But Net channel on the Dash Radio app. Also, you can check out my show every day at that same time. It covers more than just the Miami Heat on OnsideRadio.com or go to FiveReasonsSports.com, spell it out. Five reasonsports.com for all the latest again, not just on the heat, but also the Dolphins, Inter Miami CF, which just ended its season, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Marlins, and more. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reason Sports Network. You know, we got Thanksgiving coming up. It's about traditions like traducking with mashed potatoes and betting on football with my bookie's Turkey Day free play. My bookie's third annual Turkey Day free play returns Thanksgiving. Thursday. It's your chance to bet up to $250 risk-free on the early Thanksgiving Day game. That's right. The Turkey Day free play is a no-risk, all-gravy wager on the full game spread. Pick the right team and you win. If your team is upset, your bet up to $250 is refunded before the next afternoon game. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks to help add even more excitement to the greatest football weekend of the year. So make your first deposit and get extra cash that you can use on parlays, teasers, and props all weekend long. Use the promo code five on the floor, spell it out F I V E on the floor in order to claim your bonus and your free bet. And the best part is it's only the beginning. My bookie has promotions all holiday weekend long Turkey day free play is Thanksgiving Thursday. That rolls into black Friday boosted odds and finishes the holiday strong with buy one, get one free cyber Monday night football. That's why at my bookie, they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk, all gravy. Don't forget to use the promo code five on the floor to claim your freebies. And again, that's mybookie.ag, the code five on the floor. And now today's episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. We are not doing what we did last night. Last night, we did a four and a half hour stream. We appreciate everybody who checked it out. We had as many as 2,500 people watching at a time. We had more than 25,000 views as we watched uh, what the heat were going to do on the first night of free agency. Now, today, I've just got Greg Sylvander. It's just me and him with you for the next 20 minutes or so. And we're going to go through what happened in day two. And in a lot of ways, Day two was more interesting than day one. So let me go through some of the specifics or some of the generalities here, and then we'll get into some more of the specifics. Of course, day one, Goran Dragic resigned. Myers Leonard resigned. There was nothing on Jay Crowder. There was nothing with any other Heat players. Day two, signing in the morning, uh, or sort of, yeah, it was mid morning, of uh, Maurice Harkless, Mo Harkless, 
a swing man who can play up to the four spot. And then later in the day, Avery Bradley signs a guard. Heat fans are very familiar with. I uh, used to guard Tim, uh, used to guard Dwayne Wade uh, when he was with the Boston Celtics. Of course, he was at the Los Angeles Lakers last year. Or they did not compete in the bubble. Um, he had a family issue he attended to, so he did not participate with them. But he was an important player for them during the season after they picked him up. And then Jay Crowder goes to the Phoenix Suns, leaves the Miami Heat. So those are the three major moves as we're going forward. Greg, let's start here. Um, where do the Heat stand now from a roster perspective, from a cap perspective, from a tax perspective? And then we'll get into some of the specifics on why they made the moves they made. Yeah, so uh, with the, the deals that they agreed upon, uh, Mo Harkless got one year, $3.6 million, and Danny Green got a two-year deal. See, it's, it's almost like you don't want to report the two years because uh, it – it's kind of a little bit deceiving because you know, a two year, $11.6 million deal, but only year one. Is... Wait, wait, you mean, uh, you, you mean uh, Avery Bradley, not Danny Excuse... Green. <laughs> Did I say Danny green? <laughs> I think we got Danny green on the mind from those, uh, those Spurs days. So yeah, we, I know there's, there's some PTSD there, but that's okay. I, that's so funny because you know, it's a, it's a situation where I'm probably tired from that stream that we did last night. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to push through the fatigue. So um, for those two guys, they've essentially arrived at a place where they are at 15 players. They're about $8 million below the tax line. And th this is really interesting what Andy Ellisberg and company did in that they've, the, the two numbers, Mo Harkless at 3.6 million um, and Avery Bradley's year one salary, it equals exactly the non-taxpayer mid-level exception of 9.2-ish million. Um, so they have a couple options. They can either split the mid-level between those two players, and then they still have their $3.6 million biannual exception available to them to spend. Um, or they can use a portion of the MLE on one of them and then use the biannual exception for Mo Harkless. Why this all is important is that the Heat currently stand at 15 players and they are $8 million below the tax line. So in theory, they could make another move and add to this roster. It would involve having to cut someone, but I think that where this could get particularly interesting is the trade market, which will be in subsequent episodes as we get down the line. Yeah, and we'll, you know, after the break, we'll get into some of the possibilities there because I know Heat fans are, are waiting on that to see if there's another shoe to drop. So we will touch on it. Let's touch on uh, first, though, the, the three players that were involved today, the two they brought in and the one that left. Um, let's start with Mo Harkless. I, I think Heat fans remember this name in part because he was a Heat player briefly about a year and four months ago during the Jimmy Butler negotiations and the Jimmy Butler trade where the Heat had Mo Harkless but because of the way that the trade broke down, there were parts of the trade that broke down with Dallas because of this miscommunication about whether the Heat were sending Dragic, which is what they thought they were doing. Good thing that didn't happen. Uh, or whether they're sending Derek Jones Jr. or Kelly Olynyk, which is what uh, the Mavericks thought because that broke down at the last minute. I mean, look, it's not just the Milwaukee Bucks this stuff happens to, although it seems to be happening to them a lot. Uh, because of that, the Heat had to make a quick trade uh, to make the whole deal work. And we know what some of the other parts of this deal were. Of course, Whiteside went out. Myers Leonard uh, came in, but also a first round pick was sent to the Clippers. Uh, Mo Harkless was sent to the Clippers. Harkless didn't finish the season with the Clippers. He actually finished the season with the Knicks, uh, but they've always liked him. 
I will tell you, Greg, the one surprise I had when I, I dug into him a little bit, I didn't realize he was only 27. I, I, I don't know why I felt he was older than that, I guess, because I remember him playing at St. John's. Um, and, you know, I, I actually grew up a St. John's fan. There haven't been a lot of good players coming out of St. John's in recent years. Uh, so he kind of stuck out to me, but I felt like he was older than that. He has bounced around. He's a career roughly 33% three-point shooter, although he shot 36% this past year. Um, he doesn't shoot them at high volume. He's a defender who can guard anywhere from pretty much twos through fours. He could start at the four spot for the heat. I don't know if he will. Um, what are your thoughts? And, and he does feel in a lot of ways like a heat player. He's a three and D type player. who hasn't been a great three player. He's a good D player, but I feel like they can get his shooting percentage as they did with Jay Crowder. Um, Jay Crowder, when he came to Miami, was a 33% three-point shooter, and he shot in the 40s with Miami. I don't know that Harkless will do that, but I do think he can get his number up in closer to the high threes, excuse me, uh, excuse me, the high 30s rather than the low 30s from three. What, what are your feelings about him as a player, and how does he fit? I really like it from the standpoint of, um, you know, the Heat had the the white side for Myers, Leonard, Mo Harkless deal. That was agreed upon whether the Jimmy thing was happening or not. So they had targeted him from the get-go um, because of the lot of things that you mentioned, you know, from a defensive perspective. But I, I like the fact that uh, there's still, at his age, there are still things that he can do to become a better player. He has uh, a great incentive to bring um, his best foot forward from a conditioning perspective. And we know that Miami transforms guys' bodies uh, in ways that maximizes them in the same way that they maximize Jay. There's been guys like James Johnson that have been, you know, like kind of teetering around the league and bouncing around and all of a sudden they have a, a stellar year. So I feel like this is a, a, a great uh, opportunity for him. And, you know, there were reports, I, I believe it was uh, Wojer Shams, one of the two said that there, that uh, kind of what was promised was a prominent role and that he took less to come for that prominent role. So I think he understands what's at stake for him on the free agent market in 2021. So we'll get the best version of Mo Harkless. So I'm in on that. I feel like that that is the Jay Crowder replacement at the moment. I, I think that they're actually going to, this op also opens up some things maybe for Casey Akpala to see, see some light mm -hmm. of day. Um, but ultimately, I think Harkless is the Jay Crowder replacement go forward. Well, and remember, the other guy who's gone, and we haven't had a chance to talk about this on the pod, is Derek Jones Jr. And, and before we knew the verdict on Jay Crowder today, which we felt it was heading a certain direction, but we didn't know for sure, you know, we knew DJJ was gone. And in a lot of ways, Harkless replaces DJJ. I mean, he's a little older. Obviously, he's five years older uh, than DJJ is. He's not the high flyer that he is. But from a defensive perspective, he'll fill some of that. He's a better three-point shooter, a little bit more versatile, a little bit more of a ball handler. So he'll replace some of the things that DJJ was doing and some things he'll do better than him. And he's doing them at a much cheaper price because DJJ got $9 million a year over a couple of years from Portland. So I feel like that trade-off works also. All right, now let's get to the next guy, Avery Bradley. Again, Heat fans are very familiar with him. Um, you know, I botched this when I first tweeted it today. He's not six years, six or seven years younger than Wes Matthews, but he's four years younger. And in some ways, he's kind of what they were looking for from Wes Matthews. Um, I know Tim Reynolds reported that Jimmy Butler reached out to him uh, to kind of push him along to come here. Also, Pat Riley reached out yesterday. Um, Avery Bradley, again, you know, Heat fans familiar with him from those Boston battles. Um, 
you know, he's a give no quarter type of player defensively. I saw that there was a stat that was put up on Twitter that uh, his three point percentage against, in other words, three other players shot a lower percentage from three against Avery Bradley than any other player in the league last year. We've talked a lot about getting a point of attack defender. He's that. Um, he's still a, a serviceable three-point shooter, although his numbers have gone down in the postseason traditionally. He's about 35-36% during the season, closer to 31 in the postseason. Uh, but he's a guy that the Lakers found to be really valuable during the season after they picked him up, and they were disappointed. And, and I joked about this on Twitter. Laker fans liked Avery Bradley so much that when Heat fans were complaining about losing Dragic and Bam in the finals, which is something to reasonably complain about, two of your three best players out uh, for a good portion of that series, Laker fans kept bringing up the fact that they were without Avery Bradley. Now, today, they're saying it's no big deal. And, of course, they have since signed, you know, Wes Matthews and Dennis Schroeder and, and Montres Harrell. So they've had a pretty damn good offseason. They'll overcome the loss of Avery Bradley. But he's a valuable piece, and they got him – at a really, really good price without having to, to give him the second season. I, I mean, to me, this is a, this is a no brainer type of deal. Yeah. I love this move. I it's funny. You mentioned uh, when we were kind of unpacking the Mo Harkless signing that he's the DJJ replacement. And that, that was kind of how I was operating before this uh, deal was announced in that I thought that the other player that Miami was going to add, if it wasn't going to be Jay Crowder, would be Jay Crowder's replacement. And I, so I wasn't thinking as much about guards. I was looking at the Paul Millsaps of the world or who exactly it might be that uh, Barry Jackson reported the Heat had kind of, um, they had a player in mind that they would pivot to quickly in the event that Jay Crowder went elsewhere. Uh, I am, it, we've talked about point of attack defense to the point of exhaustion. And this solves, not solves it, but it, it really, really helps that they're bringing in a player who maybe has, he's pretty average in a lot of ways um, overall, but the one thing that he does really, really well is the thing Miami needed most. Uh, so bringing that point of attack defense, I think he's going to also be a player who has a great incentive to be the best version of himself on a one-year kind of prove-it deal. We've seen Miami have success with guys like this, and he, he fits in perfectly uh, i think it's going to help in the ability for goran dragic to not necessarily have to be uh you know relied upon heavily initially so that they can kind of ease him back in and when you hear that jimmy's reaching out to him you know that that he's a player from a stylistic and uh, the way he approaches the game that they that they like him so av bradley is a huge move and and i it it kind of uh you know when you know that you're losing jay or it starts to feel like it's going that way. It, it, I feel like it injected a, a, a degree of life back into the fan base on Twitter. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, one of the things we'll talk about in future episodes as things settle out is where these guys fit in the rotation, because there are a lot of different lineups that Spolster can use. I mean, Avery Bradley could be a starter for this team next. I think Goran Dragic is going to be the sixth man again. So I think he goes back to the bench for the regular season. So could it be an Avery Bradley Tyler hero backcourt. Um, I think that's a possibility. I think that their skill sets are compatible. Uh, then obviously you'd have Jimmy Butler at the three. Would you have, you know, I guess Jimmy and Duncan at the forwards with bam at center, that would make you really small, but I think that's a lineup that we could see. I think another lineup we could see is Mo Harkless starting at the four um, in the Jay Crowder role next to bam uh, with, with Jimmy 
and uh, and with Duncan and with Hero. I think that's an option. And of course, I mean, Kendrick Nunn can factor into this, too, if he's still here. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit after the break. But I think there are a number of different directions they can go. But the thing about Avery Bradley is they know he's going to be ready. They know he's going to be professional. And like you said, they know exactly what it is that he's going to give them. And they're not paying an exorbitant price. It's basically he's the type of guy who they might decide to keep after this season um, or they might move on from him. But I but I think for this particular year, he gives them a rock solid guard defender and they just didn't have that. And, you know, if you're going to play Tyler Hero more minutes next year, if you're going to be leaning on Dragic again, then you your other guard there. has to be a defender. I mean, it, 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 it's difficult for it to be Kendrick Nunn. Uh, you know, as much as I, I think Kendrick can really be valuable for this team still, again, if he's here, but you can't have Hero, Dragic, and Nunn soaking up all the guard minutes. It's, it's too many minutes with guys who are at best passable defenders and in some cases are not that. And so Avery Bradley, he just raises the bar for them defensively. And then Harkless replaces some of what Crowder gave them. I think the other thing is this gives them some flexibility. If they wanted to move Iguodala, they could by bringing in Harkless and Bradley. They, they've brought in a couple of guys who could replace some of the things that Iggy gave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. them and if they need that contract to throw into a trade uh that's a possibility all right when we come back we're going to talk about jay crowder and we're going to talk about a couple of possibilities if the heat do decide to make a trade you know unless you're a manual labor or a high level athlete you're more likely to have back pain because you're not lifting enough weights instead of what a lot of people think which is that you're lifting too much weight many back injuries occur because of deconditioning or chronic sitting one of the most effective ways to help heal and prevent back pain is by increasing core and back strength by lifting weights if you want guidance on a weightlifting or core strengthening program the folks over at Keystone Chiropractic can put together a plan for you through a free consultation that's right free mention five reasons and a telehealth Visit Get More Health Tips like this and more by following our friend at Dr. Jonathan Chung or at Keystone Neuro on Twitter and Instagram. And again, it's Keystone Chiropractic. The website, though, is chiropractickeystone.com. He's up in Wellington, but he can see you anywhere in the state with telemedicine. And uh, that's a great way to do things during COVID. So make sure you check him out. Our friend Dr. Jonathan Chung at chiropractickeystone.com. All right, let's uh, let's get to the Jay Crowder thing. Um, Barry Jackson is reported. I didn't have the exact number. He did uh, 14 million the Heat offer him in that first year. So I want the Heat fans who are complaining that the Myers Leonard contract precluded them from making a reasonable offer to Jay Crowder to stop. It had nothing to do with it. Okay, there are other issues we can talk about with that. I know Greg, you've had some concerns about the Myers contract. We talked about them on the stream. But and you've you've talked about it a lot on Twitter and Adam has addressed them, but I it didn't have anything to do with what they offered Jay. They offered Jay $14 million. They this simply came down to one thing. They never intended to go a second year with him beyond the first year, at least not to promise it. Maybe he would have gotten it, but he wasn't going to get it up front because the plan 
is intact. It's about 2021. It's about staying flexible. And we'll probably do a whole podcast on the Bucks troubles in the next couple of days. But with what's going on with the Bucks, losing out on Bogdanovich, bringing in Bobby Portis and DJ Augustine, which to me is on a pretty pedestrian. I think they've lost a lot on their bench. And then there's, you know, a bunch of stuff on Twitter. John Hollinger wrote a piece in the athletic about the mistakes that the Bucks general manager, John Horst has made, which are pretty embarrassing actually. And that has put them in this position. So if you're the heat, you want to stay flexible in case, because I don't think there's any guarantee Giannis is signing that extension in the middle of December or by the middle of December, there's no indications that he's planning to bam hasn't signed his with the heat yet. We've sort of said that that would be a tell about what Giannis was going to do. So I think you got to stay flexible. I did not want them to give a second guaranteed year to Jay Crowder, even though I like Jay Crowder as a player. And I thought he was a a, a very important piece for them getting the finals. I, I, I was glad from the heat's perspective that they stood their ground and he ended up taking the three years guaranteed from Phoenix for about $30 million and more power to him. That's a potential playoff team now, even in the difficult Western Conference. He'll fill a role for them. So all buddy James Jones is the GM. But, Greg, I didn't have a problem with them letting Jay Crowder walk rather than giving him the second guaranteed year. No, I, I mean, to be fully transparent, I, I wanted to keep Jay Crowder going forward if they could figure out a way, not longer than the one year, obviously, because of the 2021 stuff. But I love Jay Crowder's game, and I think the Heat love Jay Crowder's game. I think in a perfect world, they would love to have him – become sort of a lifer to be honest but it's it was a situation where he wanted that stability and um and the heat just couldn't i they, they couldn't offer it and you know what i'm glad that they didn't i'm glad that we're heading into a season where yeah you know what they they didn't necessarily make this big free agent splash or haven't yet we'll just say and we'll get to the the net what comes next in a moment but they they haven't made the big splash right but they've retained everybody and they've maintained flexibility they learned from the 2017 offseason i think that it's important to recognize that they're sticking to their plan jay crowder um a lot of the things that he did it was, I don't know that we really expected all that when he was acquired. So it was a lot of incremental value that he brought since he was acquired. And who's to say that a guy like Mo Harkless can't necessarily take a, a small leap like that. So thank you for the Milwaukee Bucks series in particular, Jay Crowder. Uh, I wish you the best in Phoenix, but it was the right move because the heat proved today that the 2021 plan is intact. And, you know, you alluded to some of Milwaukee's falterings, uh, particularly in the last couple of weeks. And it's almost like Andy can sit down in the Giannis meeting and just go over what uh, transpired in Milwaukee and say, this is what I would have done here. This is what I would have done here and show him the way that uh, he operates and that he would be sold immediately because there's just been some real botches there. So you have to to track towards Giannis. Giannis has given no indication of a supermax, and the decks are clear for Miami to go in that direction now. Yeah, you just need to get to the meeting. That's the thing, right? Like, I, you know, and and the question is, have you done enough here to keep your team moving in the right direction and stay flexible at the same time as the Bucks are making mistakes to show Giannis that this may be the better direction to go? And you talk about the other teams that were in the Giannis sweepstakes, so to speak. You know, Toronto went into its cap space a little bit. Okay. You know, we've looked at Dallas, but Miami didn't go into their cap space. And so they are positioned and we, we've, we've said repeatedly, and we talk about learning from mistakes, right? My big issue with the heat in 16 and 17, I kept saying this was they took themselves out of rooms. 
by signing average players to long-term contracts, okay, at high money, but particularly the years, they basically, you know, eliminated the chance to really sell a player where they didn't have a hand tied behind their back. You know, when, when they met with Durant, they had a hand tied behind their back, okay? When they met with LaMarcus Aldridge, they had two hands tied behind their back. Like, you, you can't be in that position and expect to land stars. You just can't. I mean, you have to be totally free and flexible like they were in 2010. And, you know, where basically they just had Mario Chalmers on the roster and they dumped Michael Beasley a couple of days before so that they would be in position to make the moves that they made. And so you, you, you I'm not saying Jay Crowder is an average player. He's, he was better than average, but the heat, he was a starter on a finals team. Okay. And he always will be a starter on that heat finals team, but he is replaceable. He's not special in that regard. And the heat told everybody they've signaled it. Like we will go, we, we might eat into some of that cap space for somebody special, but somebody special is a top 15 player. It's not, it's not Jay Crowder. Okay. Even though you like Jay Crowder. And I think what the heat have shown over this past couple of days is incredible discipline. Okay. DJJ is a guy, Derek Jones jr. Is a guy that typically Greg, they probably would have paid to keep. Okay. They, they made him a player. I mean, when he came here from Phoenix, he was released by a horrible franchise. Okay. At the time. And he was released and he became a, you know, a core rotation player for them, at least until the bubble. And so, you know, typically a guy that age who had shown some upside, who was a bit of a fan favorite at age, you know, 22, like they would have paid him. They would have paid him. Okay. Jay Crowder, you know, starter on a finals team, a surprise finals team. They would have paid him. I mean, look at the things Pat's done through the years just to show loyalty to players. And I know the Dwayne thing is, is a weird exception, but everything else. And, you know, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They, they held the line. And, and that, to me, is the most important thing that came out of the first two days is that they showed the discipline uh, that they were supposed to show. And in this regard, in this business, discipline is more important than loyalty. Okay, loyalty matters. But discipline matters more because if you don't have discipline, all the loyalty in the world world is not going to get you the kind of players that you really want. And so I, I'm with what they did with DJJ. I'm with what they did with Jay Crowder. Solomon Hill was kind of an afterthought. But essentially what they've done is they've basically subbed out three roster spots. Right. And, you know, with with Precious Achua, with uh, with, you know, with Avery Bradley and with Mo Harkless in for Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. Is that an upgrade? maybe a little bit. Um, is it a significant upgrade? No, but it doesn't set you back in any way. It doesn't hurt your flexibility. And if you get the improvements that you're expecting from hero, from Duncan Robinson, from bam out of bio, Jimmy keeps his body where we expect him to keep his body. Then you're still a contender in the Eastern conference and you still have the potential for much, much more. That's what I took out of the past two days. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't have summed it up any better. It's a situation where um, they're, you know, Riley said in his press conference, it may be about the next thing. And it was the first time that he ever moved off. The main thing is the main thing quote, you know what I mean? And to me, like that struck me uh, in that he was offering a little bit of perspective on what the, the overarching like goal, when you're sitting up at the top of the, 
the mountain. It's a different view than when you're a little bit, you know, further down. And he's kind of looking at it from a broad perspective. And 2021 is the off season. There's going to be a lot of stuff that changes. It isn't just about Giannis. That's another thing that we should acknowledge. And I'm sure we will going forward is that this just, it keeps the door open for any opportunistic move to present itself. They have the good mix of young players, uh, tradable contracts, expiring contracts and flexibility. So it, ultimately it's a net positive. You would, uh, you would think that there'll be internal improvement that will help. Maybe if, if you say the three guys, they swapped out uh, in free agency, let's say that they're, they're, they're flat in production. Uh, you, if you get a little bit of internal improvement from your guys, you're, you're ready to go and you're still a, a playoff team and you're a contender, but you're ready for 2021. So ultimately it was, it was a, it was a good, way for, for them to handle losing a starter on a finals team because that's never easy all right when we come back uh we're going to do real rapid fire here because things are changing so quickly uh we're just going to give you a couple of quick scenarios that could occur with the trade uh although at the moment there's nothing imminent but by the time you listen to this maybe there will be before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that's our friend louis peters over at state farm this is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the united states more than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry local agents that understand south florida's unique market you can get access 24 7 on the website that's louispeters.com l-u-i-s peters.com he's a great 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 guy and of course handles all kinds of insurance so whether you're talking about life insurance homeowners insurance car insurance you got to give our friend mr peters a call this is personalized service tailored to each customer there are no cookie cutter solutions in insurance so check out louispeters.com or give a call at 305-275-5585 that's 305-275-5585 lewispeters.com l-u-i-s peters.com and he's located at 7750 southwest 117th avenue suite 207 in miami all right rapid fire here let's do this one quickly give me one player and i'll give you one give me one player that you think they could flip a couple of players for because again they're at the 15 man maximum right now they're up against the tax but there are a couple things I think they could do. Who would they have to give up in your view? And who's the player that they should target? Yeah. So one thing to acknowledge is they still have about $3.6 million if they want to spend uh, in exception money. So that's one route. If they're not going to go from a trade perspective, that's what's still on the table from them from a free agent perspective, which I don't know that they're going to go that way. Trades. If I had to, uh, signal one player. I think it's Victor Oladipo. I think that there's still some stuff that's unknown there. And I feel like you could put together, you know, a package that, um, yeah, it may cost you Kelly Olenek, Kendrick Nunn, and, and, and some additional draft you know, capital down the road, or I don't know exactly how it would play out. Maybe a three-team deal. Oladipo is a guy that I think it, it fits the mold of not compromising 2021, and you'd have him already in your system for a year. And if he has a great year, you're walking into a free agent meeting with Giannis Antetokounmpo with Oladipo, Jimmy, and Bam, which would be really uh, compelling if he were to return to form. So Victor Oladipo is the guy that I am kind of looking at as a viable option. Um, I think that's a good one. You and I have talked about that on the thread. I think that is a legitimate possibility. 
Talked to some people up in that up that way today who say that the Pacers are claiming they're not going to trade Oladipo. Of course, they were in on Hayward and didn't get him. That's a story for another day. Uh, Hayward went to Charlotte at some ridiculous number. But, uh, you know, I don't know how, how that affects Oladipo, but they're saying they're not going to trade him. The same time as all the whispers coming out of the heat is that they're not interested. And yet I still think a deal could be made there. And again, I think it would be none in Olenek. But the other one to look at is Serge Ibaka is not signed yet. I know that Masai Ujiri is going out to Chicago to visit with Serge. Um, you know, we obviously saw Van Vliet, you know, made the decision and they made the bank account decision uh, in terms of his future. You would seem to think that there's a good chance that Serge goes back or he goes to Brooklyn, but could you do a sign and trade? You know, you look at Nunn's number, Olenek's number, you could get a pretty comfortable number there for Serge, at least for one year. If he's okay with a one-year deal, that's a possibility there. And I think if you're looking at need on this team, I think Serge fills a greater need than Oladipo does. Is he a better player at this stage? I don't know. That depends on Vic's health. But I, I, he fills a greater need. And he also allows you to develop Precious Achua a little bit more slowly. So I would watch that one. But those are the two that we've talked about the most. Uh, Millsap went back to Denver. Uh, Boston was in on him. Boston ended up signing Tristan Thompson instead. So I, I, I think those are the two guys. If you're looking for one move, it's none, it's Olenek, and it's one of those two players. And I'll just sneak this in quickly. I think San Antonio has been really, really like too mm -hmm. quiet. DeMar yes. DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, like keep an eye there. Yep. And the other thing is this, and we'll close or I'll close with this. They have a $7.5 million trade exception. So they could also get a guy uh, using that. So that's another vehicle with which they could acquire a player uh, to fill out the roster. All right, so those are good ones. I was going to mention San Antonio to Aldridge. Obviously, Riley has a fascination with him, and he would also fill a need because he, he would be an immediate starter. He and Ibaka would be immediate starters next to Bam, okay? And so, you know, that, that changes the equation, as would Oladipo, by the way, in the backcourt, but I don't think they need it in the backcourt. You look at their roster, they kind of do need a starting four. And so unless it's going to be Harkless or unless you're going to bump Jimmy up, you know, they need a starting four. And so I, I think that looking at Aldridge, looking at Ibaka, makes a lot of sense. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to our sponsors, my bookie use the code code five on the floor, our friend Louis Peters over at state farm, Louispeters.com, And of course, Keystone chiropractic, check out chiropractic keystone.com. That is the website for Dr. Jonathan Chung. Thanks for joining us. Of course, we will have more during the week. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.